you're listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Hello and welcome to the Transport for the North podcast. I am your host, Gemma, and today we have a special guest. She is Councillor Louise Gittins, leader of Cheshire West and Chester Council, and she is also our brand new acting chair and a long-time board member of Transport for the North. Hello to you, Councillor Gittins. Good morning. Nice to be here and to have a chance to have a chat about our aspirations for the North, I suppose, but also for for people to find out a little bit more about me, because I don't think anybody knows who I am. So, Well, we very much know who you are, Councillor Gittins. We have absolutely appreciated your uh, your time so far as a member of Transport for the North and obviously very excited for you to take up the role of, uh, of acting chair. So let's jump straight in then. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself um, and about your, your career, your role at the council and uh, yeah, everything so far that we need to know about you. Okay, so um, I've been a councillor since 2011. So relatively speaking, I'm probably still a new person because we have councillors who've been councillors all their lives, but um, I'm a bit shorter than that. I was deputy leader of Cheshire Western Chester Council from 2015. And then in 2019, I became leader. And as a result of that, I took on the role um, with on Transport for the North. Um, and I was the vice chair of Transport for the North. Um, I think there's um, there there aren't many women that are on Transport for the North, so I'm really pleased actually to be in this role now because um, it's always seen as quite a male-dominated um, sector, and um, you know I feel very passionate about the importance of transport. Um, in terms of my role as a leader in the council, I've got responsibility for general sort of communications, partnership working, um, but I'm also chair of the Health and Wellbeing Board and the local health economy. And that's something I feel really passionate about. And I've kept some of my old portfolio in, in what I do in terms of culture, leisure, uh, heritage and green spaces. And I think it's for, for me, transport is really important as part, part of those wider determinants of health and helping people to get from A to B and making it easier, opening up the economy and and, and things like that. So um, I think um, what what I would like to, to see as well um, in terms of where we go forward for Transport for the North is making sure that we can empower local people and communities. It's something I feel passionate about um, and making that them part of decision making. Um, so that as members in Transport for the North, we really are representative of our, our communities. Um, and I really like those sort of um, inclusive democratic models. We've we've had uh, a number of poverty truth commissions um, within the council where we've listened to people's voices. Um, so I suppose that's a little bit about me and, and certainly with John Cridland, has been a fantastic chair. Um, and um, we're waiting the integrated rail plan. So I think I'm going to be really busy over the next six months or so while we get a new chair in place. Yeah, I, th I think you will be busy. Absolutely. We, we all will, which is uh, fantastic. And we've seen that uh, that growth in awareness and importance of regional bodies like Transport for the North over the, 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 the last um, 18 months, really. So, yeah, fantastic to hear a little bit about your background. Tell us also, Councillor Gittins, a little bit about uh, the Cheshire West and Chester 
area. It's such a fantastic corner uh, of the north and of, of the world, really. Yes. Uh, a little about some <laughs> of the highlights and some of your, your favourite things about the area that you represent. Okay, so um, I represent um, a place called Little Neston and Ness, which is sort of a semi-rural um, uh, ward. It's on the D estuary, um, overlooks Wales. Uh, it's on the uh, D estuary, it's a site of special scientific interest. And we've got um, RSPB um, reserve down in Burton, a wetlands there. So it's, it's really good. So we're a real contrast of lovely green leafy places, but then we've got our industrial towns of Ellesmere Port, which, uh, you know, recently we've managed to secure Vauxhall's future um, presence in the town, which is really important. And then we've got Hynet and all the green industrial revolution growth that's coming to us uh, really soon. We've got beautiful rivers and then we've got our historic city of Chester. Um, but do you know what for me, and, and I've, I'm really passionate, is our link to Wales. Chester's a border town. Um, and we have thousands of residents cross the border each way, each day. And and I think part of what I want to do um, is is to look at those border regions and how we we improve the connectivity between those. We've got a race course. We've got um, Blue Planet Aquarium, Chester Zoo. So yeah, we're we're fantastic, and it's a great place to come for a holiday as well. So. Anybody wants to come for a lovely staycation, come to Cheshire Western Chester. I think you will be inundated with visitors uh, after that overview. You're absolutely right. I, I personally love love the area, and you're right. It, it it offers so much from the from the shopping and the tourism and the leisure opportunities to the the beautiful uh, countryside, and of course, fantastic uh, job opportunities in the many industries as well. And I think as we go on uh, with this podcast today, I'm sure we'll we'll touch more on some of those elements and the importance of of transport for all of those uh, activities, jobs, living, tourism, and so on. Let's look a little bit wider though. Um, and just to start to think about the transport issues uh, in the north as a region um, and what's sort of been done already to try and address those. Yeah, so I think um, I think transport's really come to the forefront during the pandemic and um, we, we initially saw quite a, a drop in, in people's um, confidence, I think, in, in the safety of, of going on public transport. Um, and it has it has faced, we've faced, uh, you know, a, a number of challenges as at TFN around this. But we've, um, you know, played a, a central role in making sure that transport has kept running. So TFN has carried on meeting. Um, we've raised the issues that our residents are facing in the north from getting around. And we've we've made sure that that transport um, keeps on running. But I think what, as we go forward and come out of the pandemic, it's how transport we can use transport to grow our economy, um, allow people access um, to jobs and to allow um, some of the big schemes that um, we're, we're sort of aiming to, to bring forward. Obviously, we're waiting for the integrated uh, rail plan. Um, we've got crowded trains. I mean, uh, you know, anecdotally, I've, I've only been on a local train and it was quite empty, but I know some of our big trains, um, the uh, intercity trains are extremely cr crowded. 
Um, so it's it's how we sort of um, deal with those uh, going forward. We've got HS2 has been confirmed as coming up to crew, but actually what happens next? Um, we want to um, make sure that we our connectivity from east to west is fit for purpose. That the north's a massive area. Um, you know, we've got me down here, we've got northeast, so Cumbria, and then in the middle are lots and lots of we've got Manchester, Leeds, and it's the connectivity between all of those places, but really importantly, trying to unblock some of the blockages that we've got. So around making sure that Manchester um is is unblocked and, and that people can um so we're looking at timetables going forward. We've got current discussions with government about the timetabling. Um, we've got we want to improve our stations. So there's there's lots and lots of things that are currently going on. And actually, for us, until we get the integrated rail plan, where we're sort of at st not I wouldn't say stalled, but it is um, proving challenges. So I think for me, the first thing that we need to do is. Um, meet with ministers and um, ensure that we we get an understanding of where what's happening with the integrated rail plan and how our plans fit in with the plans for that government have got for our, for the north um and it's it's you know it's not just the big cities it's looking at our smaller towns and villages and how they're all connected um linking and things like active travel um, we, we're also, you know, really conscious about climate emergency and decarbonisation. We've got a fantastic decarbonisation strategy, which people can look at on our uh, website. So there's there's an awful lot going on, but it's we just need to unblock some of the things that are, are stopping things mo moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. You've obviously referenced the uh, integrated rail plan there, the, the timetabling discussions and anybody who watched our recent board meeting. Yeah. Uh, will be uh, will be well aware of the issues there. I'd like to talk specifically about one particular stream of work, which is the Northern Transport Charter. Yeah. Now, I know you've been obviously heavily involved in shaping that work and the ongoing sort of development and how that is going to underpin and support our activities going forward. Uh, our listeners may not even know what the Northern Transport Charter is. So could you you give us that uh, give us that insight, please, and uh, and let us know what we're uh, what we're doing with it. Yeah, so it's it's um it's setting out the way forward for our, our ambitions for transport for the North. And there's a number of um, sort of key principles um, in terms of the roadmap forward. So really importantly putting passengers at the heart of the railways in the north because actually if they're not nothing will work there's no use us creating things um and having ambitions if passengers aren't at the heart of everything um we also want to make sure that we're we're at the forefront in terms of leading the northern strategic scheme planning and delivery so we want to be at the forefront working with government on what happens in the north um, we want um, to ensure that we can manage that long term sort of funding as well and and have an actual funding settlement. I mean, we, we have the way that we're funded at the moment. It's a bit hand to mouth. So we, we haven't got that long term sort of strategic funding that we, we need. Um, and included in that is devolution so that we can make decisions for the north in the north. Um, and very important for us is that inclusive and sustainable north. So making sure that we're building back greener, fairer and stronger 
Um, so it's all those um, sort of things that that we, we really want to focus on. But I think at the, the heart, I know we talked about passengers being at the heart, but we do need those powers and we need the money to be able to make decisions at a local level for people in the north. And again, um, for any any listeners who haven't seen our recent uh, board meetings, it is worthwhile going back onto our website and watching the recordings of those. So the Northern Transport Charter was discussed at the recent board meeting in July in terms of yeah. that coming plan, how we embed those four aims, how they sort of begin then to underpin all of the work that we do. Um, so the, 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 the document itself was, was sort of first adopted back at the uh, September 2020 yeah. board meeting. So, you know, this is a, 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 a long term plan and document and strategic uh, blueprint, as you say, to, to really make sure that everything that we're doing as a regional body is focused around those four key pillars uh, and, and basing everything that we do on those will really strengthen uh, what we do and make sure that we're getting yeah. the right outcomes. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to add at the recent board meeting, we were talking about how we can involve passengers more. So we were, we were looking at piloting a citizens assembly so that we can have people where we are really listening to what people need. Um, so I think I think those sort of issues will be interested that and I talked about inclusive democratic models and that's certainly something that we'll we'll be driving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Making sure that you're putting passengers at the heart of it is is one of the uh, the key pillars of the the charter. And absolutely, there's no point us doing any of this if it's not about making that uh, that service and that industry uh, practical, accessible, reliable, yes. cost effective for the passengers. Because at the end of the day, that's yeah. what we need. One of the other things that you touched on uh, just there was uh, building back greener. Um, do you just want to give us a little uh, promo of our decarbonisation strategy? Because the, the consultation is open for a few more weeks. So uh, just want to do a quick plug for that for us, if you could. Yeah, I mean, everybody's talking about the green agenda now and decarbonisation. And I think um, decarbonisation fits into many different um levels so there's a, the actual decarbonization of of the trains and moving away from diesel and electrification use of alternative um methods of energy so um hydrogen and that those sort of things but also active travel so that people you know i'm i'm a great example where i live um my nearest station is about a mile and a half away um which i can walk to or i could cycle to um, but then my my rail service is only actually um, once an hour and it's quite unreliable. It's a diesel train. It doesn't connect easily to the electric train. So actually it's making that decarbonisation is getting people out of cars as well and um, making it easier for people um, to, to, to get around. So, yeah, the consultations there and we really encourage people to sign uh, to have a read of it and to, to feedback their their ideas. Um, and it's, you know, it's a massive to actually decarbonise the railways isn't going to be a quick fix. Um, it's a massive project, but we need to get on and start that as soon as, as soon as we can do. It, it's a real challenge uh, for us all and it impacts every area of our life. We can all do something to support industries, can do something. Bodies yeah. like us, entire regions, entire countries need to act together. And you're absolutely right. It, it's not going to happen overnight. So. 
please uh, do head over to the website transportforthenorth.com slash decarbonisation and that will take you to that section of the website you can read the uh, the draft strategy in full find out more about it and submit your responses please by the 31st of August let's move on um, and again something that we've touched on and as we were particularly thinking at the start when we were talking about your area of Cheshire West and Chester and uh, you know the jobs that are available there uh, you know the industry that are, are making that area and um, their homes the you know the housing growth the opportunities for leisure and tourism one thing that we always say at Transport for the North is transport isn't just about going from A to B. It's an enabler. It allows yeah. us to explore new jobs, to live in one place and go to university in another place. With that sort of idea in mind, tell us a little bit about the challenges that people are facing with regards to that in your area and, and what you'd like to see happen to uh, improve that. Yeah, so um, we've set up um, through the Mersey D Alliance, which is a cross-border alliance of councils and um, universities. We set up Growth Track 360, which is a, a lobbying group. Um, it's a, 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 a partnership between um, local authorities and business um, for England and Wales. So it covers Flintshire, um, the North Wales coastline and Cheshire West. And we, we recognise that actually having that connectivity in our area and we've put in, um, uh, we, we were after a billion pounds of uh, improvements to our rail system um, to improve things like electrification. So if you, if you get a train from London to Holyhead and actually Holyhead support in Anglesey that people get ferry to Ireland. So it's a really important connectivity to the European Union, actually, because Southern Ireland's in Europe. Um, at at Crewe, um, the line isn't electrified. So there's a, a limit on the on the, the size and, and the length of the trains that can get past Chester, actually. So it's looking at all those different things that we need to do to make things easier. So it's simple things like signalling, um, which are actually really complex things to change and cost quite a lot of money. Um, length of stations, um, the whole sort of access around stations, um, electrification of the lines, increasing the frequency of services. And it's always that thing between is it better to get there quicker or to get more people on the train? So having a combination of fast trains and slower trains that can um, pick, pick people up. And then linking um, our sort of area via Chester into Liverpool. Um, I, I'm on the Wrexham to Bidston line, which has been um, lobbied for for ages. But we have an ambition of having four trains an hour. Um, there's something around smart ticketing. Um, so there's there's lots of things. And we think that if we can unlock all of these and it sounds massive, we could actually create 70,000 jobs in terms of that. There's a massive um, uh, industrial area at Deeside. We've got Ellesmere Port growing, as I mentioned before, for the um, green um, hydrogen and high net decarbonisation cluster. So there's a real opportunity. And I think people just think, oh, well, trains are just about you know, as you said before, getting from, you know, going somewhere. But actually, if we get it right, um, we'll unlock so much. And and certainly something I've learned since I've been on, on Transport for the North, it's about 
the whole of the north and the whole of the connections. So if you get too parochial and just focus on your own area, you need to think, well, actually, how will that impact people who live in Sheffield or Newcastle? And it's that domino effect. And I think I think the more we think about that collectively, the better it will be. Really great to hear you talk there about uh in your area in particular connections over to Wales to Ireland through to Liverpool and you're absolutely right and again it's another thing that we always say transport for the north is about that joined up approach and we know again from recent discussions and timetabling issues congestion in the centre of Manchester doesn't just affect those local services it ripples out and before yep. you know it your trains into Leeds are delayed they then have that knock-on effect further up into the northeast and so on so it really is vital that yeah. a body like ours can bring those different voices insights experiences challenges opportunities wants and needs all together and make it work for a region and then beyond that make it work connecting to other parts of the of the UK, other parts of the world as well, because let's not forget, um, you know, we're talking uh, international connectivity as well via our ports and our airports. Yeah, very much so. And the, the other thing that's important that we need to make sure that our um, services are accessible. And we had um, a paper comes to the board last week about accessibility. I know Andy, Andy Burnham's uh, always really passionate about that. And I, and I think, well, we all are. And I think it's something like 2070 before all the, the, the stations can be accessible. And that's a whole group of people who can't access um, and we need to move, we need to move quicker on that. And it's something I know um, I've, I've worked with a local, I'm working with our, one of our local disability groups to look at, for example, Northwich Station, which recently fell down. Uh, we're ha so we're have it's going to be rebuilt eventually, I hope, and we want to make sure it's fully accessible and that, you know, as many people as possible can access. Well, everyone should be able to access public railways because they're for, they're for everybody. They're not just for, a, 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 you know, a small group of people. So that's certainly something that I'll be pushing ahead with. Absolutely. Yeah. Great to hear you bring up that uh, discussion from board. So again, if anybody's particularly interested in uh, in accessibility, please do go and back and rewatch board and, and read yeah. the paper on that because there's yeah. some um, incredible and, and as you say, shocking statistics. And we can't yeah. wait a generation no. for stations to become accessible because all of those people in between are missing out on opportunities. Day-to-day yeah. -day life yeah. should be that difficult for people to right. to get out and about and right. get around so it really is crucial and um, you started to speak a little bit then uh, Councillor Gittins about you know uh, your sort of focus and transport for the North's focus and um, so tell us a little bit about your uh, your role as acting chair as you say it may only be for a few months but I know you are going to make a massive difference in those few months and do everything that you can uh, to move things forward. So tell us a little bit about your uh, your areas of focus and your priorities in this role. OK, so I think um, first of all, I think my leadership style is very much about collaboration and working with people um, and being constructive and finding a way through through things. So I think that's certainly how I want to sort of um, start off doing this. One of the first things I'd like to do is to actually meet with the Rail Minister um, and the Secretary of State so that we can start to find a way. Because I, 
I think it's really important that we work with governments on this and find a, a way to realise our ambitions. So that's certainly something um, that I want to do. And and I think it's how we can work together as a board. Um, and I want to make sure that everyone's voice is heard on the board as well um, and that everyone's got an opportunity to talk about their area and their priorities. Um, and I think by doing that, it will only serve for us to understand where everyone's coming from. And I think that sort of emotional intelligence of what's um, driving people is is really um, important. Um, you know, for me, um, it's about also working with other leaders outside of Transport for the North, business leaders. Um, we've got our LEP group that uh, are on the board. I want to um, work much more closely with the the lap board because they're the lap members because their role is really important in terms of future investment um you know if we get our railways right we want people to come and invest in the north um and i want to be a really good champion as well so um i you know i'm, I'm enthused once to throw myself into something i'm very enthusiastic so that's i think i want to I think enthusiasm is catching and I want people to catch, never mind catching COVID, let's all catch some enthusiasm and positivity and, and go forward with hope, a spirit of hope um, as, as we move forward. I'm with you all the way. Um, and of course, we also at TFN are welcoming our new Chief Executive, Martin, yes, as well. Exactly. So plenty of excitement and I know he is absolutely ready and raring to go. So it really right. is an exciting time with some fantastic people, you know, really, really keen to to uh, make sure the North gets what it needs and deserves. Yeah, so I, I was on the recruitment panel for Martin. So um, I got to know him. We, we had a few interviews with him. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to working with Martin and um, together sort of... Um, putting everything in place so that when we get a really good a new chair and if anyone's listening to this who fancy being chair of transport for the north we are going to start the recruitment process uh very shortly so keep your eyes and ears open um and you know we want someone with a passion for the north to come forward who can really drive and and support us with our uh, hopes and dreams absolutely um Thank you so much for joining us today, Councillor Gittins. Uh, before we wrap up, is there any uh, any final points you uh, you want to make that uh, that rallying cry for uh, for a, a chair, that message of uh, positivity and action? Anything else we we need to know before we sign off? Yeah, I just um, I feel really privileged actually to be given this opportunity. I think the the organisation has achieved so much. Um, sometimes we get accused of not achieving very much, but we have we've we've done some amazing things. And I think we've got some really passionate leaders right across the north who all want the same things for our residents. And it's important that we all stay united and work together to make sure we can get that investment into the north. And I, I look forward to just being a, a, taking a small role uh, in terms of that journey forward and uh, yeah and and I just want to say thanks to all this, the team at Transport for the North as well. It, I know it's tough times but you're doing an amazing job all of you and I'd like to thank you all for that.
Well, thank you so much, Councillor Gittins. Uh, as I say, it's fantastic to hear such positivity and, uh, and passion for, for what we're doing and for the North as a region. So we're really glad to have you on board. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Pleasure. So thank you ever so much as well to all our listeners for tuning in once again. Uh, don't forget that you can stay in touch with us via our social media channels. So we're on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram. If you search for Transport for the North, you will find us across all of those places. And don't forget as well to sign up to our All Points North weekly newsletter. You can do that by scrolling down to the homepage of our website, transportforthenorth.com and pop in your email address in the box there. While you're on the website, make sure you read our decarbonisation strategy and send your feedback through on that as well. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to seeing you all soon. Thanks for listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Don't forget you can subscribe on Spotify and SoundCloud so you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook for all our latest updates. And join us on our website where you can find all the latest news and sign up to our All Points North newsletter.